Lord, we thank you. We continue to thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Lord, as we go into the word today, we're going to be going into healing and miracles and the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. And Lord, I pray this morning that, the, that our ears would be open, that our hearts would be open, that our spirits would be open to receiving your word. Lord, I pray over the word this morning that it would go out, Lord, that people would be encouraged by it, that they would be inspired by it, Lord, that they would yearn to be used by you. Lord, we thank you and praise you for your grace and mercy forever in our lives. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, as a reminder, I want to do a, an overview. We're continuing in our series on identity this morning. And identity, who are we? Part of who we are are spirit-filled Christians. Being a spirit-filled Christian, it doesn't mean that you're, you're uh, more holy than people who say, well, I'm just a Christian. No, uh, we want to emphasize that we are spirit-filled, that we are filled with the Spirit. And that when you are filled with the Spirit, there are things that should be a part of your life. One of the things that are, is a part of your life is the gifts of the Spirit. That when the Holy Spirit filled you up, there are gifts that come with that. So, as an overview, we want to give a reminder of where we've been to those who who are here normally, and for those who haven't been here, it's, it's a pleasure. We see so many new faces this morning, and so we want to thank you for joining us this morning. But the overview of what we've been doing, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and I want to make it very clear, and I've said this every week, and I'll continue to say this every week through this series, is that we are not a church that follows after signs and wonders, we do not follow after signs and wonders. We are a church that follows hard after the presence of God and his purpose in our lives. We believe that signs and wonders will be an effect of this, but they should never be the main focus or the thing to attain. We should be attaining the hand of the giver. Amen? We should be obtaining the giver, not just the gift. I want to feel his presence. I want that intimacy with his spirit. If there's gifts that are a part of that, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'll open them and use them. But I want the giver. Now, the gifts. We're coming out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. We're going to be talking about these gifts. And, and I talk about this week in and week out, but the gifts are not natural, God-given talents or abilities. And we shouldn't confuse our natural giftings with God's gifts, with the giftings imparted to us by the Spirit. The second thing is that the gifts are irrevocable. God has given them to you and won't be taken away. You don't have to use them. You can have a gift and not use it or use it, not use it correctly, but God has given it to you. It will not be taken away. The gifts are here for a purpose. When we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, they're here for a purpose. They are here for, number one, the edification or the lifting up or the encouragement of the church. Number one is for the edification and lifting up of the church. The, the second thing is, and the most important thing is, the gifts are to always be used in love. If we get nothing else from all of this, know that when the gifts are used, they are to always be used in love. The gifts that we have covered so far, as a few weeks ago, we, did, we, we uh, did a message on the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is a supernatural utterance at a given moment, which discloses God's mind, will, and purpose 
in regards to a specific situation. Keep in mind that when these gifts are used, they're used spontaneously. That God spontaneously enables you to be used in this gift. So the gift, one, would be the word of wisdom. The second would be the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge provides insight into a person's past or current situation. It is not to condemn them or belittle them, but to edify them and bring healing into that person's life. Remember last week we had a wonderful testimony from Shelly. It became emotional. John and Shelly almost got married right up here on stage. Remember? But we had a wonderful testimony about how God used the word of knowledge to bring healing into her past. That's a powerful gift. The last one we talked about, which was last week, was the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is a special gift where the Spirit provides Christians with extraordinary confidence in God's promises, power, and presence so that they can take historic stance that edify the church and build up the body. The gift of faith is not hoping. It's not just, well, I hope that this happens. It's that I know that this is what God has called us to do. The gift of faith is something that rises up within you. It is a gift. It's a spontaneous gift. We talked about pastors laying their hands on people and people being healed and set free and delivered. And when God enables you to be gifted with that, to have an overabundance of confidence in his promises. Amen? I want to be confident in what it is God's called me to do. The gift of faith is not just, well, you know, it could happen. Well, you know, it would be nice if it did happen. It is a supernatural touch from God that goes beyond where your faith stops and continues into where God faith lives. I want to be in a place where God faith lives. I want to be a place in my life where God faith lives because my faith only goes so far. I want to be in a place where the God faith lives. Amen? Now, I want you to remember a few things about these gifts that we're talking about. Many times they're used in correlation with each other. So today we're going to be talking about the gifts of healing and the gifts of miracles. So when we talk about healing and miracles, usually the gift of faith will be automatically worked in there as well. So the gifts many times are used in correlation with each other. The second thing is this. They are sovereignly given by God sovereignly given by God. You say, Pastor David, what does that mean? It means he is God and I am not. It means I, there are times where I just don't know. We can't know, you know, we talk, we're going to talk about healing today. We can't know why God heals some and doesn't heal others. He is sovereign. He rules over all his it's, it's interesting. We're going to talk about, you know, I'll be the first one to say that there's a lot of life's circumstances and situations that I don't understand. I don't understand unanswered prayers at times. I don't understand. And there's times that my faith can be shaken. I, I, I would think that there are times where our faith can be shaken by unanswered prayers. 
There's times where we just, we, we just don't know, but it's important to understand that he is God and I am not. It's important to understand that he is God and you are not. You see, what the Bible says is this in 1 Corinthians. Please go there. It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also known. Whenever my faith is shaken, I have to remind myself to look at this scripture of 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly. I do not see the whole picture. We do not always see the whole picture. We don't understand why things work out the way they do. We don't understand why life circumstances happen the way they do. I prayed for my grandmother to be healed from cancer, but yet she still died. I prayed for Vicki. We prayed for Vicki. I don't want our faith to be shaken this morning because we see through a mirror dimly. But then, face to face. There are times in our life and times that circumstances happen where we say, God, where were you in this circumstance? I can't see you in this situation. God, where were you? And why do I have to go through this? And it makes me angry. And it makes me upset. But I have to remember that he is God and I am not. I have to remember that I see in a mirror, but it's very dim. I don't see the whole picture. I don't see with clarity. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. But then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am also know. It's that, but then, when? When, God, when will I know the answer? When will I see clearly? When will I stop knowing in part? Because it seems like I have just one little tiny piece of the jigsaw puzzle. When will I see? But when? I like this. We're going to go to verse 10. But when? That which is perfect has come. Then that which is in part will be done away. When that which is perfect has come. All right, God, I don't get it right now. God, I don't understand it right now. God, you are sovereign. You are God, and I am not. I don't understand why this had to happen. But when that which is perfect has come. Then that which is in part shall be done away. I will eventually see the puzzle. You ever work on a jigsaw puzzle? You ever work on, I'm not talking about like the four-piece jigsaw puzzles, Gary. <laughs> That's your kind? Have you ever worked on a jigsaw puzzle? And it's like a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle. thousand-piece. My grandmother used to work on like 2,000-piece jigsaw puzzles. She'd have her big board laid out, and she'd be pushing 
things. I said, Grandma, how do you, how do you, she says, well, you got to start with the edges. You got to start with the border. And once you get the border, then you just, you can see how things start to line up. But she, you take one little piece of that jigsaw puzzle, you have no idea where it goes. You have no idea how it fits into the picture. It might go to the upper left or the upper right. It might go in the bottom or the middle. You just have no idea. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. God is God, and I am not. Amen? Amen. Well, this brings us to our gift. When we talk about the gifting today, we want to talk about the gifts of healing and the gift of miracles. 1 Corinthians 7, I'm sorry, 12, verse 7. It says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. Those are the ones that we've covered so far. You say, Pastor David, where is this in the Bible? We're showing you right now. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. Now, when it comes to the gifts, we're going to get into, oh, let's see, next week, we're going to get into prophecy and maybe discernment of spirits. And then the week after that will be the church picnic. And then the week after that, we'll probably get into tongues and interpretations of tongues. Now, tongues and interpretation of tongues, I'll be the first one to say, is probably the most controversial of the, of the gifts. It's the one that people want to talk about most. The second one, I would think, would be when it comes to healings. Because when we talk about healings and miracles, these are things that people think are unbelievable. This is unbelievable. Before we talk about the gifts of healings and the gift of miracles, I want to talk about this. What it is not. What it is and what it is not. Let's focus on what it is not. It is not good doctors and great medicine. Those are good things, but that's not what we're talking about today. There's good doctors and there's great medicine. God has given us these things. We have great doctors. We have great nurses. We have great surgeons. We have some great nurses inside this church. They are gifted in that area, but this is, we're not talking about the gifts of the Spirit or gifts of healing or of miracles. See, the problem is we as people a lot of times tend to take the supernatural and put it into our natural so it makes sense. A lot of times we'll try to take what God does and this amazing thing that God does and we'll try to throw the natural in there just so that we can wrap our mind around it. And sometimes we have to understand that what we do is on faith and that he is God and we are not. So, while, these, while it is a good thing, if you have a headache, praise the Lord, he has given you Tylenol. How many thank the Lord for Tylenol? I always mispronounce it, but ibuprofen. <laughs> What's that? 
Just call it Advil? Thanks, honey. We thank the Lord for these things. We do. We, we thank the Lord. I, we thank the Lord for good doctors and good medicine. We, we absolutely do. We thank that he's given us knowledge to unlock the healing potential of these things. But that's not what we're talking about when we talk about the gift of healing. I want to I talk about this as well. What it is not, it is not mind control. It is not the use of emotions or spiritual mysticism. And I want to be very clear about this. There are false healers and false healings. There are false healers and false healings. And I want to emphasize this, that when the true gifts are used, they will point always towards Christ, towards God. They should never, ever point toward the person being used or point towards entities other than God. They should never point toward to entities other than God. You say, Pastor David, what do you mean entities other than God? Well, there are times when the enemy, who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? I'm going to need more voices than that. Who's the enemy? Do we know who the enemy is this morning? It's not your neighbor. It's not your loved one to where you love them, but it doesn't seem like they love you back. I love you, honey. (laughs) I'm not looking at you. Your enemy is the devil this morning. Your enemy is Satan. He is trying to attack and rip away your very soul. But there are times where the enemy will place a sickness upon somebody. And then that person may try to achieve healing through various sources. That person will try to achieve healing. They'll go to a psychic healer. They'll go to uh, what we call what are referred to as shamans or witch doctors. They'll they'll go to the to, to hypnotists. The enemy will will put something on them, and then they'll go and use these various means of trying to get rid of that sickness. And then when the enemy takes that sickness off them, which he put on in the first place, they call it a healing. And the glory is not given to God, it's given to something else entirely. You see, Doug, Doug, you know, Doug doesn't want me to use him. Steve Mayen, you're related to Doug now, so there you go. (laughs) You're in the line of fire, man. You guys switched positions, you guys switched rows this week, so you were just there. Don't change your seats, people. If I, as the enemy, want to put a sickness on Steve, and then later on I take the sickness off of Steve, have I healed him? No. I have just taken off what I put on in the first place. That's not a true healing. All I did was take off, and I could put it back on if I want to. But then Steve, I put something on him, and I'm not saying he would ever do this, 
but Steve goes to the goes to the psychic healer, and the psychic healer gets in, in contact with other entities and other demonic presences and says, oh, take this off, which you put on, and so it's taken off, and now Steve feels better, and now glory is given to the psychic healer rather than Jesus Christ. Or the hypnotists. Hypnotism. We open ourselves up to these things. Christians have to be very careful what they open themselves up to. You have to be very careful what you open yourself up to. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate your participation. But there's a quote-unquote healing that happens, but it's not from God. It's a false healing. The other thing is this, and when I talk about this, uh, there are, I understand that there are those in the church who are advocates of alternative medicines, of alternative, different herbs and vitamins and other methods of healing. I'll be the first one to say that some of these are beneficial. Some of them are beneficial. There's no issue with them. But some of them are dangerously deceptive. Many of the healing methods sought out by people in the church are nothing more than Eastern false religion disguised as beneficial. And a Christian should not open themselves up to these things. You say, Pastor David, what are you talking about? Are you telling me what I should and shouldn't do? I'm telling you that we have to have discernment. I'm telling you that as a Christian, the Holy Spirit speaks into you and through you, and and we should have discernment about what it is we do and where it is we go and what it is we open ourselves up to. That's what I'm saying. Those are not the gifts of healing, of miracles. And I want to say this very clearly. It is not anything we do apart from the power of God and the name of Jesus to heal the sick. It is not anything we do apart from the power of God and the name of Jesus. In the power of God and the name of Jesus to heal the sick. It is a manifestation of the Spirit of God that brings healing from physical disease, mental illness, physical defects. It is by the miraculous intervention of the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. Please go to Mark chapter 16. Starts with verse 15. It says this. We know this as the what? Anybody? The Great Commission, right? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In my, those who believe, in my name, they will cast out demons. 
They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Excuse me. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I'll be the first one to say, I am not picking up snakes. How many want to pick up snakes next week? Logan. <laughs> Eric. I don't want to pick up snakes. But what this is saying is that if you happen to come across this, if you happen to drink anything deadly, it's not saying go out and intentionally drink something deadly. It's not saying go out and intentionally grab snakes so that they can grab onto your arm. And if you get sick, you're in sin. And if you don't, you're okay. I understand there are churches in Kentucky and West Virginia and other places. I don't know. If there's, has anybody ever heard of a snake handling church in Iowa? No? Doug, that home church thing you were doing, was it? No? No? But there are churches that's, that, that take this and, and they will run with it. I believe they're, they're misled. But I will say this, that the signs will follow these who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. They will drink anything deadly, and it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Those who believe in my name, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. There is power in the name of Jesus. We sing the song, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb, right? There is power, power, wonder-working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb, there is power in the name of Jesus. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. My question is this. Do you believe that God can use you in these things? Do you believe that God can use you in these things? Do you believe that you can lay hands on somebody and pray for them and in Jesus' name they are healed? And if not, why not? We have no problem believing that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We have no problem with going into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Hallelujah, amen. I'm on board. Thank you, Pastor. But when these signs will follow those who believe, in my name they will cast out demons. You say, Pastor David, you expect me to cast out demons? No. I expect you to believe what the Word of God says, that when you lay hands on people, that when you, those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. Those who believe in my name, they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Have you been challenged in your faith to do this? I'm going to say this statement, and I'm just going to say it and leave it there. But most of the time, we are not challenged to step out in our faith because we've chosen to sit back and let those on stage do it for us. Most of the time, 
we are not challenged to step out in our faith because we are comfortable with sitting back and letting those on stage do it for us. We are comfortable with letting those on stage read our Bibles for us or sing our worship songs for us to have encounters with God for us. Do you believe that God can use you in these things? Do you believe that God can use you to bring healing into people's lives? Do you believe that God can use you? Mike, do you believe that God can use you to lay hands on someone and watch them recover in Jesus' name? Say, Pastor David, I've never seen a healing. I've never se- I have seen healings. I've, I, have, I know people personally where deaf ears have been opened, where legs have been grown out. I have seen healings. I've seen prayer over a woman who had taken rat poison to commit suicide. And we pray for her. And she's, she's foaming. And we pray for her, and within 10 minutes she's talking, and she's fine, and she's healed. I've seen things personally. My question is this. You say, Pastor David, I haven't seen these things. How many people are you praying for? Pastor David, I haven't seen these things. How many people are you laying hands on? Are you compassionate for those who need healing? Is there compassion in your heart for those who need healing? And I know there's many here who are. I'm not doubting that. I was sitting in a church service one day. And as I was sitting there, I had uh, uh, something going on in my body that I was afraid about, and I needed healing for it. And I wanted healing for it. I was, you ever get to that place where you just beg God? Beg God. God, I need healing for this. And as I was sitting there, I saw a young woman whose face was contorted with pain, whose limbs had grown in unnatural ways, and she had no ability to walk. She had no ability to control the drool coming down the side of her face. And I remember sitting there in the middle of this church service And seeing this girl. And my heart just broke for her. My heart just broke. Not not out of pity. But out of compassion. I said, God. If her getting her miracle. If her getting her healing. Means I don't get mine and pass me by. God, if, if you will heal her, and that means you won't heal me, then pass me by. How many times have you laid hands on people? It's not just the preacher. 
It's not just the special evangelist of the week. It's not just, oh, they got a tent meeting across town, so let's go check it out. It's not just the guy up here or the girl up here. God has called you to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. God has called you to lay hands on people, and you will cast out demons in his name. God has called you to do these things. Stop relying on the person on stage to do it for you. I know that's a tough one, but God has called you to do these things. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. When God graces us with this gift, it is to be used in his name. We are not to move away from the foundation, and the foundation is Christ. Amen? The foundation is Christ, always. The foundation is Christ. There are many instances in the Bible of healing. Now, I want to put these up on PowerPoint here. Healings in the Bible. These are just a few, and I want to give you time to write them down. Healings in the Bible. The woman with the issue of blood is found in Mark 5. The man at the gate of the temple is found in Acts 3. The healing of Naaman is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. The healing of Aeneas is found in Acts chapter 9. And the healing of Hezekiah is found in Isaiah chapter 38. You say, Pastor David, why are you putting these down? instead of reading us the stories, because my encouragement to you is that you would study God's word on healing for yourself. My encouragement to you would be that this would be a jumping off point, that you would look at these and it would be a jumping off point. If you don't have the ability to write it down, it will be on podcast as well. And this is not an exhaustive list, but just a few. Read how God healed these people. Read how God used people to lay hands on people. To speak to them, to be healed in Jesus' name. Now, I want to quickly go into the gifts, the gift of miracles. Say, well, Pastor David, what's the difference between healing and miracles? Miracles are like healing, except that they involve things that may or may not be a physical healing. Miracles are like a healing, but they may involve things which may or not may not be a physical healing. Someone being raised from the dead, how many would say, that's a miracle? Someone being raised from the dead, that's a miracle, right? The parting of the Red Sea so that all the Israelites could cross over and escape the Egyptians, that's a miracle. Daniel in the lion's den, where the lions don't eat him because the Spirit of God closes up their mouths. That is a miracle, right? It is not luck or something that occurs. You know, how many times do you hear somebody say, well, it's a miracle? No, it's not. It's not luck. It's not just by happenstance. It's a miracle. Not all the time, no. A miracle is like healing, except they involve things that may or may not be a physical healing. For instance, someone being raised from the dead. Miracles in the Bible. Just a few. Please go to PowerPoint. Miracles in the Bible. Uh, Number one, Elijah raising the widow's son from the dead. It's found in 1 Kings chapter 17. 
Second, Elijah pouring water all over an offering to God, yet the offering caught fire when the prophets of Baal could not do the same. That was a miracle. 1 Kings chapter 18. Acts chapter 9. Peter was used of God to raise up Dorcas from the dead. In case you're thinking of any baby names, Dorcas was raised from the dead by Peter. (laughs) I want to close it by saying this. That the focus was never put on Elijah. The focus wasn't put on Peter. They were not done to exalt Elijah. They were not done to exalt Peter. They were not done to exalt those people, but to bring people who had sinned back to God. That's the reason for these things, to bring people who have sinned back to God. The focus should always come back to the foundation. The focus should always come back to the foundation. The foundation is Jesus Christ. Jenny, will you please come up? Let's pray. Lord, we call on you this morning. Lord, we call on you this morning. God, there are just so many times where I see through a mirror dimly. God, there are just so many times where I don't get the whole picture. There are so many times where I just, God, could you, could you give me more than just a part? Lord, I pray that you would use us in the giftings. God, I pray that you would use us in the gift of healing. I pray that you would use us in the gift of miracles. But God, I always have to understand and keep in mind that you are God and I am not. That there are times where God will use you to lay hands on someone and they will recover. And there are times where you will lay hands on someone and they will not. And we have no answers for the times where they don't. Other than to say, I look through a mirror dimly. Lord, I pray that you would give us comfort. That you would give us peace. That you would strengthen us. That you would lift us up. God, that you, your spirit would surround and cover us. Because there's so many times in this life where I'm looking through the mirror dimly. God, I pray that you would use us in these things, that we would go out into all the world, that we would preach the gospel, that we would lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Lord, that we would cast out demons in your name. Lord, I pray that you would use us in these things. God, that you would give us the courage to step out in faith and lay hands on people. That you would give us the courage to step out in faith and lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus' name. Lord, strengthen our faith. Lift us up. Lord, I pray over this next week, as as people enjoy the 4th of July and go back to work, Lord, I pray that you would give them situations. Lord, I pray that you would put them in the middle of circumstances where they have an opportunity to minister your word where they would have an opportunity to lay hands on somebody who is sick, 
where they would have an opportunity to give somebody a word of knowledge, where they would have an opportunity to exercise the faith and the giftings that you have given them by the infilling of the power of your Holy Spirit. I put them in these situations this week. Stretch them in their faith. Stretch them in their courage. Stretch them. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Lord, stretch me. Amen.